0: everybody, this is Mark Levine from the New York City Real Estate Podcast. Um, so I'm uh, in the real estate industry since 1998 and I am actually part of a company called EBMG and what we do is we manage real estate all over the city. And what I wanted to do is do a weekly podcast um, that really hits onto the interesting topics that we have uh, that are affecting residents, they are affecting owners. Uh, so what I've done is I've asked... Um, it, two representatives from Assured Environments to come and talk about um, bed bugs, which is a really meaty topic these days and it's really something that everybody is uh, concerned with. So I have Barry Beck who is the Vice President of Assured Environments and I also have uh, Stephen Chivarro, uh from Assured Environments and you're an Account Executive, correct? Correct. Okay so I uh, kind of went into what I do, why don't you give a quick background on each of yourselves and then we'll go right uh, dive
1: down into the topic.
2: You go first,
1: Steve? Sure. So, Stephen Chavarro, account executive of Short Environments. Mark, thanks for bringing us in. Um, Short Environments has been around since 1934, servicing all five boroughs Long Island, Connecticut, Pennsylvania. Um, Specializing in IPM programs for all kinds of buildings, whether it be from bed bugs, rats, roaches, bird control, compactor chute cleaning.
2: All right. I'm Barry Beck, vice president of Short Environments been with Assure 27 years, been in the industry 38 years. Uh, Bedbug expert have been for probably close to 20 years when we first started seeing bedbugs in New York City and uh, we are one of the largest pest control companies doing bedbugs uh, in the tri-state area.
0: All right, great. So let me just start off by saying, if anybody wants to send any uh, emails to us, uh, you could do so at nycrealestatepodcast at gmail and we'll answer them. And maybe something will come back to you as well for a question and answer for uh, extermination. And bed bugs is so interesting. And it started for me. I think the first experience that I really had a bad bed bug was uh, two thousand and nine when I took over a building in Brooklyn, and I was just about to take it over. And what they said was, "Can you step in a few days early? We're having this issue with uh, bed And it was about an 80 unit building, and I didn't realize the extent of what I was walking into. So there was one apartment on that top floor that they couldn't get access to, which we'll go into later, um, how we could get access into it. But they delayed, delayed, delayed. So the problem was, we were coming in and we didn't know what we were going to be looking at. We didn't know the extent of the infestation. But because of the time issue out of 80 units, we had 40 units that ended up with bed bugs. um, that was really like a trial by fire for me for bed bugs, and it really was like, okay, this is a topic that if it ever comes, it's like a code red situation. It's almost, not that it's um, as extreme as a fire, but if you let it go for even a day or two beyond where it should, you're going to be paying so much more money, having so much more grief and affecting so many apartments. So I know that everybody that um, is in a multifamily building or even if you're in a home, I mean, but you a single family home, this is a concern because you could get bed bugs anywhere, you know. So part of what um, we're dealing with is just going through um, how do we spot it, what do we do when we have it, or we think we have it, and how do we treat it. So I'm going to walk through just, I guess, a, a bunch of things that I wanted to talk to you about, and being the experts, you know. The uh, do you have an entomologist?
2: Yes, we have. Uh... We have two board-certified entomologists and three uh, associate entomologists.
0: Okay, so what's their role? When do they step in? When you have something that you don't necessarily know what it is or are they there to double like confirm that what we're seeing or what we think we're seeing is what it is?
2: Well, bed bugs are easy for professionals to identify. The entomologists pretty much help us stay ahead of the curve when it comes to resistance to chemicals. and. Proactive on different protocols to be a step ahead,
0: right? Okay Um, So tell me about bed bugs. Where do they live? Um, how are they transmitted and How do they move around from apartment to apartment? We're very intrigued by this because obviously we have a lot of apartments in a lot of different buildings we have transient people coming in and some rentals and I don't mean transient like uh, Airbnb and you know a day-to-day but there are people that come in and service and they have employees that come in and clean you know so so what are we looking for in terms of uh, bed bugs uh, where are they living in the apartment
2: so as opposed to their name bed bugs they don't just go into the bed although they want to be close to the sleeping host the mammal they could be in the nightstands, they could be in the woodwork the carpet where it meets the wall uh, a couch in that bedroom, anything close to that sleeping host yeah. is where they could be. Closets, clothes, etc.
0: So it's possible that I could sit down on the couch and have bed bugs on my person, leave it on the couch, and that's the only place that it affects in the apartment.
2: Eventually, they're going to reproduce and move out for various reasons and be closer to their host. Okay. Uh, they don't want to live on our body like a tick does. Right. They want to basically feed and then cool down and hide and reproduce. They want to come out between two and four a.m., feed, you won't feel it, the bite, yeah. and then crawl away so you don't see it.
0: So I guess a big common misconception about bud bugs, and I think this is more of a maybe something that's gone away in the last few years, is that it's, a poor issue. It's, you know, people that are not clean. I, I had a lot of people that were afraid to tell us that they had bed bugs because of the way that it would be perceived. But
2: that's an old perception. Yeah. I think that's changed. I did a $46 million apartment not too recently. Yeah.
0: I mean, if people. And
2: pristine. I mean, clean like a hospital has no bearing, although the more cluttered you are and the dirtier the surfaces, it's more difficult to get rid of them, Yeah. but it has no bearing on getting bed bugs. That are, they're basically hitchhikers. Yeah. You usually pick them up and travel, Yeah. and the suitcase brings them back into your home. and You,
0: you know, can get them at a five-star resort or you could get them at the movie theater. Absolutely. It doesn't really matter.
2: I don't know if a hotel in Manhattan hasn't had bed bugs.
0: Oh, well, that's good to know. <laughs> well, hopefully, well, we're, we're gonna get to that. I have a question later that kind of deals with travel, but um, if I'm not occupying my apartment, how long can they live without me being there?
2: Depends upon the temperature and humidity, but quite a long time is the answer. Yeah. It all depends <clears throat> on temperature and humidity. In a lab, in perfect humidity and temperature, they could live a year and a half.
0: Wow, so you but could that's, literally-
2: That's because the insect knows there's nobody there to right. feed on, and they, slows down. You
0: know, get kind of shut down. Yep. They hibernate while you're not there. Absolutely. Um, so you could literally have a mountain house that's your retreat once a year in the fall, and they see you once a year, and you can potentially bring them back. I mean, yeah. assuming you know, temperature, and. but, but really. If you
2: maintain a, a, a good temperature for them with normal humidity, yes, that's possible. But the real world is, if you're not occupying your house, you drop that temperature down, more stress on the insect, Right, less chance of it living there.
0: So, what are the warning signs that we have to look for? If I'm a resident in an apartment, what it's, what are the signs that say I may have something that may be bed bugs, and maybe I should have this checked out?
2: Typically, it's upper torso, two or three bites in a row. They're looking for a right. capillary okay. to drill into.
0: Yeah, and are some people not allergic to them, so you won't notice the bites?
2: Many people aren't. Yeah, I mean, some. People, if they're more prone to a mosquito bite blowing up, they're probably more prone to a, mis- a bed bug bite showing signs. Right. But you could be bit by a bed, bed bug multiple times showing no signs, I can be bit and blow up.
0: Right, so it's really individual to individual. Totally. Which makes it harder for us, because if you have one occupant in an apartment, And they're sitting there and they don't know that they have bed bugs. They can let it go for months. Not that they let it go, that they didn't know about it. And then it could show up in the apartment next door. Suddenly we have a catastrophe on our hands. So
1: it's really about being vigilant. And and that's a real life scenario when you have someone who lives alone, doesn't show reaction until they see the insect physically itself. And it's a very small insect. It's not something you just blatantly see. So if you're seeing them then on a regular basis, you're probably talking about a problem that got more pronounced. Um, are we gonna see them walking
0: around? Or, or are they in just- high put...
2: infestations, you will. Yeah. But it's a nocturnal insect until they're getting great numbers, it's not unusual for three, four months to them to be in an apartment, and people don't even know that they have
0: them. Wow. So I guess this brings me to, as a manager of real estate, you know, we handle, for different buildings, we handle it for either the boards, if it's a co-op or a condo, or we do it for the landlord on their behalf, if it's a rental building. So from my perspective, what tenants should do is always uh, call and write as soon as you um, think that you may have an infestation because it's gonna get that ball rolling as quickly as possible. And in the worst case scenarios where you have a landlord or you have somebody that's not responsive, uh, 311 will say that you should call them and 311 will bring in somebody to check on it. But that's always the last, you know, case. uh, That's really the last resort that you should be going to. Um, So a typical response to a complaint from our side, and you guys could kind of shed some light on this too, we, the way that we operate is if you're in an apartment that has signs of a bed bug, we always send in um, somebody to inspect. Um, so the question becomes, do we inspect by dog or do we inspect by visual or is it a combination of both? Is there a reason that we should be doing one over the other or maybe we shouldn't be doing one you know, by itself? What would you recommend if, if I'm calling you and saying, okay, I think I have a bed bug um, infestation in one particular apartment or more. Should, should we have the dog? I mean, I know the dog is upfront front a higher cost, but I am I guess I'm worried about, I've heard false negatives in the past. You know, that it's obviously you're going through, people have pets. Um, what would you recommend in that case?
2: Well, we do recommend the canine. They're very efficient. Uh, our dogs are fed, they're not starved, and uh, only rewarded if they find bedbugs that could possibly push that dog in the wrong direction. Our dogs are fed normally, they're rewarded with play or with a treat uh, when they find bedbugs as a normal course. Uh, they're very efficient. Um, we have a policy in place that if a dog indicates that there's a presence of bedbug odor but the people are not getting bit, then we push for the physical inspection. We want to right. find that insect. Yeah. Uh, so it's very efficient in doing multiple units, canine inspection. To do a proper physical inspection, is very time-consuming. Yeah, you know,
0: you have so to pull apart everything there. You have to absolutely. go in between the clothing, you have to take off the the, and the
2: comforter. You really got to look at that mattress box spring and yeah. frame. And it is time-consuming to do a proper inspection.
0: Okay, um, so I guess I have two parameters there. So one is. I get an individual call from one person that I think has bed bugs. We send in the inspection. So that's the hard play for us is do we do the canine versus the physical because it's one apartment. But then what we do is if there's a positive we do a circle around the apartments and we kind of matrix it out and, and just are tracking the apartments until we find that there's no more bed bugs surrounding so we could stop it.
2: That's a standard care. That's yeah. good. That's practice for sure.
0: And that I think would make more sense to do the canine because we're getting more value for the dog for the cost. I'm not saying that it's not valuable, but it is when you have a small, let's say you have a small building that's only 10 units, you know, that's a high cost to absorb per unit if it's a a co-op or a condo. I mean, it's less so on the the rental side because the owner is paying for it.
2: Um, right, if you know, the price does come down because the dog is so efficient, right, and if the dog indicates that there's the presence of bed bug odor on the right side of the bed, that physical inspector, assuming that tenant doesn't have bites, right. can go right to that point point, yeah, and pinpoint and not have to... Once we find bed we've got to treat, so you don't have to right. you know, tear apart the place.
0: So now that we've, um, we've got a positive, so what we say is to the resident now you have to prep, right? So can you walk me through the normal procedure for how somebody properly preps? And I understand that if they're not properly prepped, a treatment isn't worth anything because if if they're not if they're not containing the problem the way that you're telling them to before they come in and treat, I think that we're just going to have a relapse because it's going to
1: allow it just to kind of keep spreading.
2: Cooperation is essential. You want to go step by step?
1: Yeah. So I mean. Some of the prep will include all um, garments running through, through a heat cycle, making sure it reaches a temperature, which generally speaking, if you put in a dryer, half hour, it's going to reach that temperature, bagging and sealing of that. Making sure, again, critical areas around the bed, around the frame, your desk drawers, especially if they're wood, that's a very good spot for this kind of an insect, presents a lot more cracks and crevices.
2: Nightstands.
1: Nightstands as well. Uh, so it's important making sure that those steps are vital. Uh, anything leaning against the wall, we want to have full access to all baseboards and throughout the dwelling.
0: Mattresses are really important to not drag through buildings, right? I've, right. Se- I've seen mattresses being dragged unsecured, unwrapped. Um, now,
2: when an educated, uneducated tenant believes they get rid of the bed, they got rid of the problem. Right. Of course, we know that's not yeah. the case. They are easily saved by treating and putting them in casements. There's no reason to get rid of a $1,000 mattress because you had bed bugs, Uh, and the box spring also.
0: And I'm sure that a few years ago when this came about uh, about and it was really an epidemic, probably around 2011, 2012 was when we started seeing like New York City push out a lot of the bed bug literature and really try to educate tenants. They started, I think it was around that time that they started finding people for putting out mattresses on the curb without a proper
1: casing. So, and and they hit on before, if you see a mattress on the side, Never take it. <laughs> there's some angles we want to cut to save a few bucks, probably never. not one of the ones we never want to do it, Never touch it, never take guard. it. Exactly. Right.
2: There are some states that actually require you to cut the mattress in half. Oh really? So nobody takes it. I, oh, I remember good. a lot of uh, cities in Maryland had that as an yeah. ordinance.
0: So you recommend beyond the mattress even, just if you have an infestation, leave everything in the apartment, don't trek it through the building, don't put it in the basement, don't put don't it down on the street, because somebody is just going to pick up And be an unwitting host you know for this and it's just going to keep spreading
2: but like you hit on before going through the hallways or the elevator with that infested piece of furniture or mattress or box spring they're going to fall off yeah and they're going to go right into another apartment so that should be a a very important part of communication with tenants to make sure stop don't take anything out call management
0: so I have an infestation. I don't, but let's pretend. <laughs> I'm starting to get itchy. This happens. Whenever I have open I have meetings. I know that effect on people. <laughs> whenever, I, I know, whenever I have open meetings about bedbugs specifically, I think half the population in the building by the end of that meeting is itching and I'm sti- I'm right there with them. It's a, definitely it's like a psychosomatic thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so if I have bedbugs and I'm being treated and I'm prepped properly, I could choose or my landlord can choose or the managing agent can choose hot versus a cold treatment Um, are there different price points for each and if regardless if there is which do you recommend generally speaking
2: very simply we do not own the technology we buy it and we're going to use what's the most efficient and quickest in getting rid of the problem and there's no question the universities have proven this with study that heat is the way to go it penetrates deeper than the cryonite, the freezing. We only use cryonite when mandated by a certain institution and I think all we have left using cryonite is hospitals uh, because you could be back in a room in virtually minutes, but it doesn't penetrate well, so we don't prefer to use cryonite. We prefer to use our steam units Mm -hmm. or heating units depending upon, there's many different procedures for bed
0: bugs. And what's the typical turnaround time for retreatment? Because it's not always just the first treatment and done. You we recommend a
2: 14 day follow up.
0: Okay, and you don't test obviously, because there could still be live bugs that will hit a, a dog test, right? Mm-hmm. After the first treatment. So you Correct. do first treatment, we do you wait 14 treatment. days, second treatment, and then how long after that would you recommend that we have a, a dog or a physical inspection after?
2: I would recommend a couple of weeks. Okay.
0: So this is, a, it's a lot of work, because it's not even just a lot of work for that one unit, it's a lot of work for the circle diagram that we were talking about before and just scheduling everybody and making sure that there's a proper follow-up, making sure that there was pr- uh, proper um, prep. And I think that one of the things that, um, tenants are worried about is the cost and from our perspective you know the landlord technically in New York City is required to ensure that the building is pest free and I think one of the pests that they would consider is the bed bug so in a co-op situation is similar to a rental situation where you have a a proprietary lease in a co-op and you have a lease in a rental so um, the tenant would be able to in most circumstances go and have the landlord pay for it Um, actually the new york times did an article i think it was june 15th of 2019 this year that was it was a question and it was could i be charged for my bed bug treatment and the real reality of it is if you could prove that that one unit alone brought in the bed bugs and nobody else had it um, after inspection we could probably charge back so Usually from our perspective, the, the landlord will cover it, or the building owner um, will cover it, the cost, but the tenants are usually responsible for prepping and for the dry cleaning and for the laundry. That's the, the general laundry.
2: rule that Generally we speaking, speaking. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I guess everybody that listens to this, I hope you have insurance. Uh, and you should check with your insurance company to see if they would uh, take care of that. So let me just reiterate that anybody that's listening this deep, uh, you could uh, send me an email at nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com, and if if you have any questions on this or anything else, um, that's nycrealestatepodcast.com. Um, so we're continuing here. We've got uh, Barry and Steven from uh, a short Environment, so we're talking about bed bugs. Um, common areas are tricky. I said before that we had mattresses, we have people taking clo- you know, clothes out, going down to the laundry machine, we've got people taking furniture out. How could we be proactive, not only just treating the residential spaces, but also the common areas of the building where there's a lot of foot traffic? Like, would you recommend preemptive, um, I, I had a building that was doing it with diatomaceous earth, which is, I guess, not a, is that a natural product that's out there to, to stem off the flow of, Bed bugs should be more of a um, have more of a resistance to them coming in, or would you recommend that you guys come in and professionally treat any of those, you know, hallways and laundry rooms and meeting spaces, elevators? Is that something that you do?
2: Well, diatomaceous earth will kill a bed bug and other insects. Um, unfortunately, most people that use diatomaceous earth put so much out that no insect in its right mind would go near it. Right. So you're just pushing the problem somewhere the, else. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. With proper equipment in a wall void, in a crack yeah. and crevice, voids in general, this would work. But unfortunately, when a homeowner uses it and doesn't have the right tools in order to get it into the right places, it's over-applied. It's an unhealthy situation. I would not recommend it in your hallways. Sometimes a, a management company will come to me and say, "Well, we're redoing our hallways. Do you re- recommend carpet or a, a tile?" Tile. Yeah. Yeah, so if that, if the bed bug was distributed in the hallway, where would it go? Right. Between the wall and the edge of the carpet. Yeah. The hide, you want to be nocturnal. They don't want to be seen yeah. they Want to come out at night. A smooth surface, this is one of the few insects that walks on its nails and doesn't get good footing. That's why you, if you find them in the bathroom, it's usually dead because it ran in place, couldn't get footing, or a kitchen. So the smoother the surface, the better it is for management.
0: Okay, and as owners, um, we should be proactive in making sure that any crevices, cracks, openings in the apartments also are sealed, right? That's so, a good yeah, any other ways that you could think of that bed bugs or other insects would get through from apartment to apartment? I guess it would be through plumbing pipes, it would be through electrical outlets. Yeah, so the
2: better, logically, that they're sealed, the less yeah. that they're gonna be able to travel. Right. Your public areas, per se, your, your basement, your compactor chute, those are not areas where bed bugs are gonna hide and proliferate. They're right. not gonna do well. They want to be close to a sleeping human. Okay. That's and funny. people ask questions about dogs and cats. If there were no humans in the apartment and were just dogs and cats, eventually they would find that mammal, right. but they do not prefer dogs and cats for lots of reasons. Yeah. It's hard to get to the capillary, they have too much hair, they're constantly scratching. Humans, they feed, they leave, Yeah. it's good. <laughs>
0: I'm not a cat person either, so I don't blame them. <laughs> um, so with traveling, we mentioned it before, one of the things that I am religious on whenever I go to a hotel is I kind of strip down the bed, I look under the bed, I pull up the mattress, I, I actually, if there's a, a picture above the bed, I will look behind picture. the picture. I am super scared of bringing bed bugs into my house because I deal with this on a daily basis, so beyond that and like dripping in Lysol, what else could we do?
1: Well, you you put some of your uh, belongings in the bathtub, in the uh, in the bathroom. Believe it or not, just as Barry alluded to, it's a poor area. It's not an area where it's going to thrive on per se compared to near its host. Um, Aside from that, doing proactive visual inspections to your materials. Okay. I always laundering anything after you leave. Yeah, like everything should go go in that laundry bag and not leave.
0: Yeah, because whenever I go into a um, whenever I go into a hotel, I never put my stuff down until after I have checked. That's so exactly maybe just what
2: a professional pest control operator.
0: Oh, really? Absolutely. And that's what we do too. Do you bring booties though on vacation? Is... No. <laughs> you no. don't go that far. No booties.
2: I, I, I peel back the sheets, head of the bed. Yeah. I'm looking on the underside of the piping for peppering, yeah. as if yep. somebody sprinkled pepper. Yeah. If there's nothing there, I lift up the bo- mattress off the box spring, looking for peppering. Flashlight, check the headboard, nightstands. See, we should have done this step. in a
0: hotel room. There's a hotel in the building next door. We could have done that. That's too Absolutely. bad. Um, next podcast. <laughs> next podcast. Um, so on our end, there's like lo- local laws that we have to abide by with with um, with bed bugs. And a new one came out in 2017. I've, I've done a video on it. Actually, it was called Local Law 69 of 2017. And what that states is. Once a year, us as owners and managers, we have to reach out to every tenant yearly to see if they had a bed bug infestation. If they did, was it treated, was it untreated? And we have to kind of capture all of that information and put that out there. So in late 2018, early 2019, that was the first filing. So I have to do that for every single building of ours that's considered a multifamily building dwelling um, that has an MDR. So we're on top of that um, in terms of uh, filing with HPD. So for anybody out there that lives in a uh, multiple dwelling registration, or you have, um, or your managing agent, or you're an owner, just make sure and the way that you have to do it is through HPD online. But if you have an invalid MDR, you're not allowed to do it so you'll be in violation of two things if you can't do it because you'll be in violation of the MDR not being valid and you'll also be in violation of not filing uh, the bedbug registration and I'm assuming right now you have to know the emergency number on the multiple dwelling registration for a building in order to get access to the record but I'm assuming they're cataloging all this information because it's going to be visible soon so it really behooves all of us as owners and you know, uh, managers to make sure that we eradicate as quickly as possible because we don't want to see a 10 unit building that has six units that are infested and it's visible. And not only do you have to file it, but you have to post it. You get the choice when you file it. It could be either um, in a visible place in the building the number of everything, or it could be just on a new lease, so we can uh, we have to give that to new people coming into the building. So it is an awareness thing that we're we're seeing now. Um, so the filing period actually for 2019 is December 1st uh, through 31st. So have we covered everything on bed bugs? Do you feel like we've gotten all the information out there?
2: There's a tremendous amount, and there's a tremendous amount of questions that people have. They read a little bit on the internet and they think they know a lot, but yeah. A lot of information is very, very uh, old. Yeah. We get the latest and the greatest from the universities, they're constantly doing studies and our problem really isn't eradicating bed bugs, we know how to do it, it's getting the cooperation from the tenants so we can get access uh, and there are those tenants that really slow that process oh, down. Actually,
0: you bring up a good point and I meant to mention it before, but I have had issues with getting access into apartments. Yeah. and. I've had boards and, um, that we deal with on the co-op side where they're like, well, can't you just break down the door? It's an emergency. But housing court doesn't consider this a true emergency. And even though you're given like specific guidelines within the proprietary lease or your bylaws if you're a, um, in a condo, you don't necessarily have the right to make this emergency repair without going through the steps of housing court. So if you can't get access into an apartment, you can't break it down for this. It's not a true emergency, even though we may be able to pin the cost of the eradication that we'd have to go through for the other apartments because it's spreading. We may be able to recapture some of that, but we do have to go through the legal channels if if we do uh, have an issue with going into um, apartments. So
2: I did want to mention that your elderly, uh, have a tendency to have larger infestations because number one, their immune systems are suppressed. Right. They don't show typical bites. They typically don't see that well, and what happens is bed bugs flourish. Yeah. And they move out before you even found that they had any, because yeah. they didn't see any, they didn't feel any, they didn't yeah. have any indication. So those are your tenants that are most vulnerable to bed bug infestations, and frequently those are the ones that infest buildings. And to
1: add to that, a lot of the time you have aides in those apartments, continuously visiting them, and they go from apartment to apartment to apartment, and then, you know, you have people call in and say, how did they get it? My mom just sits in the apartment day after day after day. Our first questions, do they have an aide? Yes. You know, not saying that's 100% yeah. where it originates, but a lot of the time it piggybacks on that. All right, well Barry and Steve, I appreciate you coming in, and we'll if you wanna you.
0: reach out to you, it's aepest.com, and the uh, phone number is one eight hundred six 670 I'm Mark Levine again. Uh, you can email us any of your questions at nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to see about my company, EBMG, you can follow us on all social channels at EBMG LLC, and we hope to maybe see you again on another exciting extermination issue. Um, but thank you for coming in. Pleasure. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.